Amen. Good to see you this morning. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Mark. And thank you for being here this morning. Today is going to be a little different. We are talking about change, so it should be different, right? But we're going to uh, going to speak through change a little bit today. Uh, we're going to be introducing some changes to our church later on in the service, and we'll get to that point. Uh, but we're going to preach for a little bit first, and then we'll have an invitation, then we'll come back and talk about the changes. So uh, that's all coming today, and we'll be here for, for at least an hour. I'm kidding. We'll be here for, for a little bit, and uh, it's going to be a good time together. You got your Bibles open to the book of Mark. I wanted to, uh, to mention that, uh, on the front end that no matter what we do, regardless of, we can say we have these leadership values or uh, we can say we're going to make these changes and we're going to hold tight to this and not do anything with it. It don't matter what we do if we don't pray, y'all. Y'all didn't hear me. It don't matter what we do if we don't pray. If the church doesn't pray, then, then it doesn't matter because with, without a connection to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not the church. And so the church prays. The prayer is our, our greatest demonstration of faith. And apart from God, the scripture says we can do nothing. And so Wednesday night, the first Wednesday night this of this month, we're going to have a prayer service in here. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I may use a word you have to explain to your kids, but there's nothing sexy about prayer services. It just is what it is. We're going to get in here, we're going to depend upon God, and we're going to tell Him. And that's what we're going to do Wednesday night. So I want to invite you back Wednesday night, 6.30, to come and pray, to pray together, to demonstrate faith before God that we believe that He's awesome, that He is all that He says He is. We're going to pray. We're going to ask God to bless us and to take care of us and to use us for His glory and for the good of others. And that's happening Wednesday night at 6.30. And the church is going to pray together. Amen? So we look forward to having you back here Wednesday night. We didn't even get started with Sunday morning yet, but we look forward to having you back with Wednesday night for prayer services. Uh, last, last Wednesday, we had a connect group night. We had a lot of fun in here together and we, we used that time to promote, uh, groups that we hope that you're staying connected to the church. When you get in a group, the church gets smaller. You're able to minister to others and others are able to minister to you. And so we use that time then. Uh, I want to also tell you about next Sunday and I'm telling you about all this now because we're about to preach and we're talking about a bunch of different other things in a little bit. But next Sunday, we're starting a, a sermon series called Bring It In. Uh, and we're going to go through unity together. But not only is Lindsay Lane Maine going to be preaching through this series, but also East and North are going through the same series. And that's going to uh, to take us through the rest of the way in August together. Um, because truly, if there's anything that I've learned about preaching and leading a church in the, in the very few years that God has given me, it, it's that the church has to be unified. We have got to stay on the same page. And we can go different ways quickly. And so we're, we'll talk about uh, bringing it in. We'll look at that, all of that next week. And so we look forward to seeing you back here. But for today, you have your Bibles open to the book of Mark. And we're going to look at a change today. Every, every so often since January, I will dig up and bring that back out the state of the church address that, that Brother Dusty and I preached in January. And he preached the first half of that message, and I preached the last half, and I bring that out to remember what I said, just to be quite honest with you. To remember what I told y'all on the beginning and, and what God had led me to say and to make sure that I'm staying on that same track. And, and so it, that being said, that's the first time that I answered the question of where are we going? Because leadership answers that question. Where are we headed? Where are we going? And part of that answer was to share my convictions of outreach and leadership and, and bringing people together. That's, that's part of what God has put on my heart heavy for the last few years and part of what I know God will always lead me to do within the church. But at the very end of the message, I said very simply and very plainly, there will be changes. I made a point to write that in the notes and to say that clearly. And here's why. I felt it very important to do it that way because while I am saved by the same blood of Jesus and while I'm called to the same ministry that God called Brother Dusty to and while I still preach the same gospel and love the same church, I am a different person and a different leader. And so God has called me here to this time, to this position, to lead in this church that because I am a different person, there, there will be changes that reflect those things. So again, today is important because today... Towards the end of the service, we'll begin to communicate uh, some of these changes. Now, I don't, I want to invite you not to freak out this morning, okay? 
I want to invite you just to just to chill out and stay with us. Uh, your staff already knows about these things. Many of you already know about these things as leaders in the church. And so we're filtering down today and, and speaking to the church at large. And I also realize we're in the middle of a pandemic. And maybe you're thinking, maybe this is not the best time to make changes. But let me remind you of the scripture that I read this week from Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. The Bible says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. And it goes on to say, if they watch every cloud, they'll never harvest. So, so there's a time to move. And we're trusting that God would give us time in the future to get back at full strength and together the way that we, we always have in some regard. But we're going to continue to lead and continue to move forward because... Again, you're seeing the results every Sunday morning that baptisms are still happening. And, and those are evidences that God is still working. And so because God is still working, the church ain't going to shut down, is what I'm trying to tell you. And so if we have to figure out how to do it a different way, then we'll do it a different way. But the church will continue because this is the church of the living God. So let's, with all that being said, let's talk about something that we love and we all love change, Right. Uh, we'll talk about that for a minute. I have in parentheses there in my notes, obvious sarcasm intended, because we do not like it. None of us like change, none of us enjoy it. Even if we're open to change, maybe you would say you're a person that's open to change. It doesn't really bother you. But even if you're that person, we will, in our nature, at least ask the question, how does this affect us whenever we're presented with change? Whenever we are presented with the idea that something's going to be different, we're going to ask the question, how will this affect me? How will this affect us? Which is what you're likely to do today. We were making our way home from Birmingham not too long ago. It was uh, Brittany and me and the kids were in the back and it was, it was late at night. It was probably about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. We're making our way back home and we get on our regular route. We get to the place where we turn off the interstate and then make the next leg of the journey home and, and when we got there, we saw the signs that everybody dreads, which is construction, reroute, detour, and all of that, right? So that's coming up, and it causes us to adjust. It causes us to change. Now, not one time did we ever think or even ask the question, I wonder why they're doing this. Never asked that question. We never thought either, never had the thought of, maybe it'll be to our good. Maybe, maybe they're doing some reconstruction, so that it will get us home even quicker in the future. Never gave any thought to that. Y'all know what we did. Same thing probably that you did. This is going to make us five minutes later getting home. That's our first thought. Then we never thought anything past that. Brittany and I both, we had at the, at the same time, side together. Like, oh my word, here we go. We're trying to get home. So it pushed us back five minutes later. And again, we, we do that with any kind of change. When it, when it, takes us to a different part of the course, even if we're going to the end goal the same direction, we ask the question, how does this affect me? How does it affect us? And it's very simple. The reasons we have reservations to change is because we are people with preferences. We're born like that. We prefer certain things. We prefer things to be a certain way to suit us. How many of you today will go to lunch today? Maybe, maybe you are going to a restaurant. Maybe you're not. It's up to you. There's no judgment here, whatever. But if you go to a restaurant today, how many of you, when the, the waiter or waitress, when they hand you the menu, simply go, I don't need that, hand it back to them, just say, whatever you want to give me, just go on and give me? <laughs> how many of you will do that? None of us. And it's the reason why is because we have preferences. We have a choice to make. We prefer to make a choice that benefits us. We'll make that choice. And, and we even can't even get to the restaurant because of the preferences that we have. We, but when we leave here, sometimes Brittany and I both will be like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? And then I'll do the thing, where do you not want to go? Like, we'll do that just so we can get there. Because we both have preferences, and it's going to cause us to adjust and give a little bit. And all of this is perfectly natural, but a better way to say this is that it is imperfectly natural. Because we are, by nature, sinners. We have an inherited sin nature. From Father Adam all the way through mankind, even down to us. We have preferences that are natural, but because we are sinfully selfish, we will resist change and even separate ourselves from the group, or even take our ball and go home if it don't meet what we want. Because we can be very selfish. We are people with preferences. Now with this, let's look in the scriptures of Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 35. Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 35. Let's pray together once more. Lord, I just ask that you'd talk to us today. Lord, I, I just pray 
May you speak to our hearts and keep us unified and get us as a church to where we need to go. Lord, help us to stay together and keep the main thing the main thing. Lord, help us to work through times of change and endure because you are God and people need you. We need you, Lord. We definitely and desperately need you more than we need ourselves. So, Lord, speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Resistance to change is often because of persistence to self. Look in Mark chapter 9, and let's read together verses 33 through 35. After they, meaning the disciples, after the disciples and Jesus arrived at Capernaum and settled in the house, Jesus asked the disciples, what were you discussing on the road? In other words, he was saying, what were y'all talking about back there? And the scripture goes on to say, but they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. Now, you should know beforehand that God already knew. Jesus, the, the, the living God, already knew what they were arguing about before he ever asked that question. The scripture records instances where Jesus would look out into the crowd or look to a small group of folks and already know what was on their heart and mind before he ever addressed them. And so he knew exactly what they were talking about because Jesus is God. And so yet he goes ahead and asks the question to push the issue because he says, what were you discussing out on the road? And the scripture says, but they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. Now think about what I just read. These are the disciples that we often quote and reference These are the ones that we talk about as being Christian heroes. They were walking with God himself. And their discussion along the way was like (laughs) five-year-olds. Who's going to be the greatest? Seriously, you ever think back to your school days and think about when they said to line up, what do we do? Everybody runs to the front and you got this thing right here because you're trying to be in the front. I'll be sore tomorrow from that little action. But you try to get in the front and you try to get people out and you, you want to be in the front. And the scripture says that what they were discussing on the road between these godly men that we will always revere. Which one of us are going to be the greatest? And they were arguing about it. And the scripture says that Jesus sat down and called the twelve disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. See, the the argument between the disciples here in Mark chapter 9 was not a holy argument. Now, here's what I mean by that. The disciples were not discussing half of them going, I really think we need to go ahead and take this message and get it to the world as quickly as we can. While the other half was saying, we've got Jesus here while we've got him. Let's sit at his feet and soak up everything that he's saying. Now, that would have been a holy argument. That would have been something worthwhile for Jesus to be like, well, let me speak to that. But instead, they were like, "Uh uh-uh, let me go first. I'm going to be first. It was like kids. And and, and so Jesus is redirecting everything that they are thinking about as they are following him. Because not every church fight is over doctrine. Y'all know that? Not every difference that you have with someone from here to over there, not every difficulty, not every problem within a church, a bunch of folks acting together, going in the same direction, put together by God, not all of that happens. Not all of these discussions and differences happens over things that actually matter. Most of the time, it's over personal preference and power. And that's, that's usually what we get and we have in the church. And, and the reason that none of these disciples spoke up when Jesus asked them about their conversation is because when it's truth-telling time, they knew the thing that they would say didn't matter at all. That's why they never, never even brought it up. Now, I wonder, if you have a difference with somebody in here... If on Sunday morning we brought you to the stage and said, y'all just go on and tell the rest of them what you're arguing about. I wonder if we'd even bring it up. Because then when we're before the church and before God himself, more than likely a lot of the things we're arguing about, we'd probably go, it ain't worth it. And that's why the disciples were like, I ain't going to, they start rubbing their head like that, I ain't going to tell them. Because they know, they know it's not even worth bringing up because it's not a holy argument. When Jesus called the disciples, now hold on with me because I know what happened to the disciples in the end, that many of them are martyred. But when Jesus called them, their life changed for the good. Think with me. Why would I say that knowing the end that they had on this earth? Their life changed for the good because they were right with God, number one. They were righteous before God, saved men, but they were also walking closely with the living God. Step for step, right behind them this entire time. 
And so their life changed for the good. And so even when they had the ideal spiritual life, Jesus walking beside them, still their preferences begin to flare up. Man, isn't this great walking with Jesus? Yeah, it sure is. I, I, that's all cool, but I want to be first like when we get to the kingdom. Like that, I want to be a five-star, not a four-star. I, I, I want to be the greatest in the kingdom. Even when walking with God himself, they were just like us. They want what they want in every situation. That's who we are too. Isn't that weird how the Bible works out? Sometimes we read the scripture and we are encouraged by people's sin. <laughs> like we see their, their weirdness and selfishness and we're like, man, I'm so glad that they put that in there because that makes me feel a lot better. But as they found out in the teaching of Jesus and as we are taught today, there is a cost, y'all, to following Jesus. There's a cost to following Christ. And one of those costs to following Jesus is that your personal preference just kind of goes out the window. It don't mean anything anymore. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus is giving his disciples instructions relative to their next location, where they're going next. And then there's those around that are making these promises of following Jesus wherever. And one said, Lord, let me first go home and bury my father. Let me bury my dad. And Jesus replied, follow me now and let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Jesus knew what was standing in the way of what would actually get this guy to follow him. And in Mark chapter 10, Jesus is speaking about eternal life to, to a rich man. And he knows the rich man's heart. And, and, and he instructed him. He said, the, the rich man said, hey, what do I have to do to gain eternal life? And Jesus said, keep all the commandments. The rich man was like, yeah, I got all that. What's next? And then Jesus said to him, okay, then go and sell all you own. And give it to the poor. Experience treasure in heaven. And then you can come follow me. And you know the rest of the story. The, the rich man, the Bible says, he walked, away, he walked away sad. Can't do it. And you know, when you think about these things, the, the man went away sad and away from Jesus. Why? Because let's be honest, he didn't want to do that. That's why. He didn't want to do it. Jesus said, do this. He said, I don't want to. Personal preference, even above God himself. That's how prideful and foolish we are. I want what I want. God, I don't even care what you want. And this is where we find ourselves here in Mark chapter 9 as Jesus is explaining to those that are following him closely. You want to follow me? Personal preference goes aside and you need to serve somebody else. I don't know if Jesus is going to ask you to leave your family context right now and to follow him wherever he may go. I don't know if Jesus is going to call you away from your fortune and comforts of home or not. I have no idea. I don't know exactly what God's going to call you away from and call you to specifically. But there's a cost to following Jesus and to truly follow Jesus personally and to truly follow Jesus together as a church. We have to retire the question, what do I want? All of us. We've got to retire that question. Just going to take it out and throw it out. Because disciples of Christ faithfully follow Jesus by learning his word, living his ways, and serving his purposes. These are followers of Jesus. And I'll go on and tell y'all, this certainly goes for me and the other leaders of our church. Because we're just like you. We're just like you. We walk in here and go, well, that's an okay color, but I'd change the paint color on the walls or something else if it were me. Some of you, if you're visiting here for the first time, you walked in and thought, why do they have that up? Or if it were me, I'd have this up. You change a color here and there. We're all the same way. We have our favorite songs, and we don't like to admit it, but there are some of the songs we sing, we don't even like them. I feel like a couple people laughing in the restroom, like, that makes me uncomfortable to even bring it up. <laughs> but it, it's true, is it not? I mean, it's true that there are songs that I prefer that Dwayne doesn't. There are songs that Dwayne prefers that I don't. That's, that's who we are. It's naturally imperfect. Some of you want the sermons to be 10 minutes. Some of them you want to, you're okay with 30. And if you're like me, I just want to stay till something happens. So it's, it's it, whichever. Like we have these preferences of how we want things to go. But here's what I know. I'm called of God to be a key leader in this church, but I am subject to his will. I am to follow his leading through the guidance of the Holy Spirit in accordance with his word. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's what we'll do together as, as led to us in agreeing with the scripture. So to be a healthy and contributing member of a local church, our preferences cannot be the priority. Let's fix it. Let's just go on and fix it. Amen? Let's just solve this problem and move forward. Have you ever been to a department store? You get to a department store, you put something on the counter, and then you realize something that you looked at before, you liked it better, and you want to go back and get it. 
You ever done that? Once or twice in your life? You get up there, you may be even holding people up in line, you're thinking, gosh, I really wish I would have just gotten this. And you start to go back and get it, and then you're apologizing to the person behind the counter. You know what I've discovered about their attitude behind the counter? They don't care. They don't care. They're like, just just whatever, man. Just get one because they got people behind and they don't care. You never hear any of these people behind the counter when you're making these decisions go, oh, I wish you wouldn't have got that one. <laughs> that is certainly not my favorite. Right? They don't, they don't do that. And the reason why is because in their position, their attitude is just to serve you. It's just to serve you. It's really whatever you want. And when they take that position, they take their personal preference out because the goal of the organization is the priority. Jesus came... Jesus had the absolute right to demand preferential treatment from the world as King Jesus. As King of the world, Jesus had the opportunity to come and say and establish his authority right then and there. Everybody's going to do what I want because I am the king. But instead, the scripture tells us that Jesus came to serve us. He came to, he came to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to be a servant for all of us. Now, now this comes to us. If you look in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 9 is where we were. Look in Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10 verses 41 through 45. Now this discussion is still carrying on apparently. As Jesus has already made it clear. That if you want to follow Jesus. You want to be a Christian for real. Then you need to consider serving other people. But James and John just can't get it. Again, does that encourage you? Like you keep bringing up issues that God's already solved. And so James and John just can't get it. And so they come back to him again. If you look in chapter 10, verses 41, you look before that. You, you, you've got in verse 39, uh, or, or even before that, they make a request and says, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. Well, that's, that, I'm sure you do. Bless your heart, I, I'm sure. That's preference. Yeah, I'd like to do that too. How many of us want the worst seat in the house? None of us. We want the seat either that's best or the one that we want. Now, Jesus has already solved this problem, but they keep bringing it back up. Well, when that happens, and I'll even say this, when something's already been dealt with, but you keep bringing it back up, other people will go get frustrated then. So verse 41, the disciples in verse 41, when the other 10 disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. They were ticked off. We've already solved this. He's tried to tell y'all. And now they're mad. So look at verse 42. So Jesus called them together. See that? Jesus brings them together and said, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Basically saying the rulers of this world, they get what they want. Their, their preference. But among you, in verse 43, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Sometimes we don't like hearing about messages on service in the church because that means we're going to have to do something different when we get here. That means we have to start thinking about church in a different way. You know what you... I need to be careful because this is coming. You know what you can't do live stream? You can't serve live stream. You've got to keep that in mind. Right now is not the time to preach a bunch of messages on, on why we need to be in church, but I'm going to tell you, it's coming. <laughs> because biblically, scripturally, we are to be together. There, being on live stream is not ideal. And, and please, I know we're live stream right now, but I've got to preach my convictions. I'm so glad that people would join in. I'm so glad people that are not able to join in otherwise would join in. I'm so glad that people that have reservations right now can join in live stream without judgment or any of those things. I'm so glad. But you can't make anybody feel welcome live stream. You can't serve live stream. There's going to be a time when we are to get back, and when that time gets back, we need to get back. I don't know if that made any sense at all, but it made sense to me. But service, serving causes us to get outside of ourselves. Because why? We would prefer to be served. <laughs> we just rather you serve us. Service causes you to change that. In order for us to, to get outside of ourselves, to think about someone else and what they would want, what they would need. 
But listen, this is challenging to me too because Jesus is saying, you want to lead and you want to live in my economy, you got to start thinking about other folks. That's how you follow me. Jesus kept trying to tell them, you shouldn't care about if you're going to be line leader or not. You need to care about serving somebody else. When we serve each other, we stop talking about all the things that don't matter. You notice that in your home? Husbands and wives. When we got the other one in mind and we're selfless and serving the other one, you notice how, how the fights go down? It's because we're thinking about what the other one wants. When we think all the time about our preferences, that's what causes division. And I'd love to say that, Brittany and I have been married 13 years, I'd love to tell you i got a doctorate and all that, but I don't. And neither does she. But still, <laughs> we, we work through that and recognize when we, when we are about ourselves instead of serving our family... It's when it goes down. When following Jesus, personal preference gives way to personal service. And he says, with all the credibility in the world, that to to follow me is to serve others. He, He can't think about, and this is where we want to preach to Jesus always. So think with me what Jesus has done. Jesus stepped out of heaven, wrapped himself in humanity. And by the will of God came to this earth. He being the king of kings, that at one day every knee shall bow and and tongue would confess that he is the king of kings. The scripture says that for the will of the father, he came to give his life as a ransom for many. He came on purpose to die. That's what Jesus did for us. Selflessly, sacrificially, Jesus did that for us. For the will of the father, the scripture says that Jesus bore all of our sins on the cross. That was his agenda when he came. Is to do for me and you what we could not do for ourselves. He took his sin, he he took our sin upon himself and took it to the cross. Do you think that it was Jesus' preference to have his natural life or his life here on earth to end at the cross? Do you think that it was Jesus' preference to have his his life to end that way and, and in that punishment to take our sins upon himself? On the contrary, Jesus prayed for his cup of suffering to be taken from him. That's what it says in the scripture that Jesus is like, if you could let this father, if you could let this cup of suffering pass. But then what did he say? I want your will to be done, not mine. What does that mean? I'm going to serve this way because you said for me to. Over and above what I would prefer. So if we all stay focused on serving God and serving others, no matter what little changes we make here and there, we'll move together because preferences will stand down. You know what I was telling Brother Eric before the church started this second service? Y'all, when I think about selfish churches that don't want to move, I don't think about Lindsay Lane. I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. I don't think about our church as being one that we have to preach these things every single week. And we talk to other pastors. I talk to other pastors all the time where I'm describing to you the lifestyle of their church. That's really not this way here. But I would say this. The reason that we preach messages like that is because it could be. And you got to get out in front of it. All those churches you read about in Revelation, they're not there anymore. What happened? You know, yesterday we were serving in a mission project. We had a mission project at the House of Hope and Restoration in Huntsville. It's a church plant there. Brother Jarman Leatherwood was out there serving along with us. Their church served us food. It was great. And I want to thank Brother Eric, Brother Eric's leadership and our missions, uh, our missions arm of our church. And then... Uh, Dennis Boyer, who was a recent staff member here, a member of our church, he took the lead on it along with Greg Wise. Greg, who serves at the East Campus, they took it on. We had about 30 volunteers from across the three campuses basically tearing down and building up a pavilion in three days. And their church, by the way, has not gotten back together yet. So when they do get back together, the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to get underneath that pavilion and around it in an open air space and they're going to do that next weekend so i hope to get pictures back from that about the church coming back together and so we did those things when you when you are when you're working on a service project and i was talking with somebody last service about this when you're working on a mission project like that as the days go on and the work gets a little bit harder your preferences tend to go away because you want to finish the drill you want to get it done Yesterday, an ice cream truck came by. You heard the music go off, and all of us, there's kind of, there's half of us on top of this tin roof. I had no business being up there because I don't know what I'm doing. I, I wasn't doing nothing but holding up progress. I'm, I'm up there, and I'm trying to use a drill and all this kinds of thing, and work's still going on. The, the ice cream truck rolls by. Brittany says, hey, I hear the ice cream truck. And all of us were like, like kids, we're like, ice cream truck? 
You know? And we heard it. And, and then there's this question of what do y'all want? And hey, it's hot and we want to get this done. So guess what goes out the window? Preference. It don't matter. Bring the ice cream. It goes away. When you're hungry, you don't talk very long about what you want. You just want to eat. A recent survey of church health found that churches characterized as self-serving and inwardly focused had the following behavior pattern. Greater concern about change than the gospel. So basically the churches that are dying are the churches that get so consumed by one thing or another on the inside and they totally forget about what they're to do on the outside. You see, when you're, again, when you're starving, you could care less about where you eat because preferences don't matter when you're desperate for food. So the invitation today is we're finishing up early because we've got more to accomplish. But we want to take time now for us all to respond to this. And really, it's for all of us, beginning with me. I've got preferences just like you do. So we have to discern between those things. We have to put those things before the Lord and for the good of the church. So this is what I'd ask you to consider today. Where are you in all of this as a church member? What things do you need to let die and move forward along with the church? But personally, in order for us to follow Jesus for real, let me let it breathe for just a minute. In order for us to really follow Jesus, we have to turn from ourselves and turn to God. And turning from ourselves and turning to God, if you're thinking today, I want to be right with God before I leave. I want to be saved and know it like you know it or you know it. I want to know that today. There has to be repentance and faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but a turning from self and from sin and turning to God. Now, some folks say, well, that, that's a work. And you're not saved by works. That's not a work because that don't come up naturally. God's spirit on the inside of us motivates us to turn away from ourselves. That's just like Colt that just got baptized. You don't get in that water if something's not going on in here. And so God is working on the inside of us to produce the changes that he wants. And so in order for us to truly follow Christ, in order for us to truly know Christ, there has to be repentance. Now, if you want to know a deep word for repentance, then look on the Billy Graham Association. Billy Graham used to preach on repentance all the time, and this is what he said. Repent means to change. That's it. To change, to go in a different direction. But that's going to go all against your preferences. But is that not what we want to be saved from? Is our own sin and our selfishness? Would you stand with me? In the first service, we had a family come and join. We had a, a, a young, uh, young mother and her son came. And I want to make sure that this is easy as possible for you. We're going to have pastors up here standing at the aisle. You there's nothing that says you have to walk the aisle. But, but one of the best things to do is to do it now, if it's on your heart, to take the next steps. So if you want to be saved, this is all you got to do. You got to walk up here. You got to look at us and say, I need to be saved. That's it. Five words. Do the same. I need to be baptized. I want to join the church. Keep it simple. We'll help you take the next steps from there. Maybe that's, that's not the way you want to do it. Maybe you want to call us. You want to, that's fine. You can call us tomorrow. You can send us an email today. We just want to help you take the next steps of faith towards where God would have you to go. We're going to have just a few minutes of invitation to let you come and pray at the altar, to let you respond, to let you deal with what God's been doing on our heart. And then we're going to close the invitation and we'll get back to talking about some changes. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the word. We thank you, God, for how you've spoken to our minds, spoken to our hearts. Lord, I pray that any change towards the good that would begin in the hearts of those that lead here. Lord, that we would lay down our preferences, that we would truly seek your will for this church. God's because we want, we want to work for your glory and for the good of people. Help us to keep that in our focus. Help us to work through things we need to work through. Help us endure things that we don't jump for joy over. But Lord, I pray even over and above that, God, if there's one or many here that they truly need to be saved, God, if they need to turn to you, Lord, and be saved, that they would do so. Very simply, very seriously. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This altar is open for you. Above all
Amen. You can be seated just for a moment. I want to encourage you guys just for a second. This is all script a little bit, and we're going to talk about these changes. Can I encourage you to encourage somebody this week? Y'all, I'm telling you, this, all of this is starting to work on folks in lots of different ways. You know, we had our church, we had our staff this week um, at random just pull a card uh, that had somebody else's name on it in our staff from the main campus. We just had them choose one at random and write them in a card of encouragement this week and give it to them. But this is basically what we asked them. Don't write one of those cards like, hey, you are loved, sincerely. Like, really write them a card. I want to just encourage you to do that. Write a card and just be intentional with somebody because people are struggling. And they're having a hard time with this. And I just ask you to be considerate of that and really help folks. Uh, that's what the church does. Amen? Uh, they even Scripture even says, just as you are already doing, encourage each other and build each other up. Let's get into some of these changes. I know that you're loving it now as we preached over it. You are ready to receive change. So let's start with some new challenges. Uh, the coronavirus has been an absolute challenge. No doubt about it. It's been a challenge to the way that we do church. Uh, it's been a way to, to challenge our, the way that our ministries meet, but ministry perseveres, just like we talked about earlier. Currently, we are still moving ahead with two services. So we're going to stay at 8.30 and 10.30 making sure that it's clean before and after when you get here. Uh, we're, we're doing that now. We're going to stick with 8.30 and 10.30 for the current time being. Our groups are progressively connecting. Your group leaders have been challenged or encouraged to, to get together as you can get together and when you can get together. And so uh, one of the things you'll continue to hear consistently here is we, we are trying to take advantage of some of the big spaces that we have so that we can spread out and so we can do that comfortably. Well, one thing I know is we've got to stay connected. And so your group leaders are working to make sure that you do that, to make sure that you stay connected, either if it's Facebook Live or Zoom, or even if you're coming together now uh, live and in person, they're working on that. In-reach and outreach is still happening, just like we said. Uh, this past week, we finished a, a mission project over in Huntsville. 
this next uh, week, we have another mission project going on in Elkmont that our Carpenters for Christ are leading out in. And so mission trips, while we're not able to go across cultures, across the water, they're still very much going on here at home. And so we're aware of the times, but y'all, shutting down is not an option. It's not happening. Shutting down is not an option. We have to either change the methods and figure it out, but we'll, we'll go forward. So let's talk about our children's and students' ministries because uh, there are, are challenges to the children's ministry and the students' ministry that have obviously been presented uh, since March. And so uh, we've not able to, been, to be able to meet as regular uh, for a long time. And so our children's and students' ministries, while they have been challenged, I, I want to just give a word of thanks to our student leaders, our children's leaders, Josh Shirley and, uh, and Lori Carter and their teams have really, really worked hard to get content on live stream when that was the only option we had. Uh, they've worked hard to stay connected. Some of you, they've shown up at your house and basically had a party for your kids right at your house. I mean, they, they've worked really, really worked hard to make sure that we still have ministry for your uh, children's and students' ministries. But on August the 23rd, we're going to take a step back. We're planning and preparing to take a step back towards ministry. And uh, one of the things, again, that we can do is get in these facilities and spread out safely. So on August the 23rd, our children's ministry will take a step forward by on, on uh, during the 1030 service only, 1030 service only, Kindergarten through fourth grade will meet in the second floor of the children's building all the way down into the children's worship center, okay? Uh, they'll meet there together with Lori and other adult volunteers. Again, that's 1030 only, and that's only kindergarten through the fourth grade. Currently, we still not do not have any uh, child care. We don't have any preschool groups that are meeting yet. And Lord willing, that's coming. But we're taking a first step towards getting some of our children back together again as schools open up. Um, as things begin to change, we're still ministering to our kids. So that happens on August the 23rd, that Sunday, August the 23rd. Our, ch- our children's ministry takes that first step forward, um, and that's in the second service only, kindergarten through fourth grade. Likewise, on August the 23rd, our student ministry will return to Sunday morning uh, by gathering uh, in the uh, Foundation Center, which is the student center, and they'll begin to do that on August the 23rd that morning. Uh, they'll meet together at 9.30 to 10.30. At 9.30, they'll meet together. They'll break out as they can, but it's more about being in the foundation center where they can spread out, be together, and still keep social distance. And we're all sick of that word, aren't we? But uh, we can still keep... even. But the choir, I was so glad to see the choir up there, even if it's a socially distanced choir, right? Amen. So they look good and brought a lot to the service. Uh, but so the student ministry will also return, taking that first initial step back together, 9.30 to 10.30. Now, this is not the only thing that the children's ministry and student ministry have going on. If you're a part of those ministries, they're reaching out to you to tell you other times that they're getting together and different things that they're doing during the month of August. Um, we are hoping to get back to where we have a regular Wednesday night um, service or program coming back. I, I know the uh, WAM with the children and children's ministry and Stacy Wolf, they're, they're hoping to get back there. We're all hoping for that, but we want to make sure that we are wise and faithful and take steps at a time. Um, and so again, it's also worth noting that Lindsay Lane Christian Academy will be returning to school this week on, on August the 6th. And so uh, as they are doing that, make sure that you're praying for them. Uh, cause I can, I can tell you, there's obviously a lot of speculation. There's um, uncertainty and all these things. But Steve Murray and, and his staff are working very hard for the Christian Academy to return and return in a safe way. Uh, same thing with Rhonda Carter. Rhonda Carter is, is also planning and preparing for MMO to return on the 17th of August. So we're having children's ministries coming back into the facilities. Um, our teams clean and make sure that everything is in line to do that uh, responsibly. And so everybody's working hard to see to it that we take the next steps to returning. Uh, those are the new challenges. Let's talk about the new efforts uh, Sunday nights beginning in August. Sunday nights will look different at Lindsay Lane Baptist Church uh, beginning in August. And I'll, I'll give it to you straight out. I would also like to say before I do that, that many of these things you already know about because we've already filtered down through our leaders. So that's happening. Uh, but on Sunday nights, Awana will be discontinued and choir and orchestra practice will move to Wednesday nights. Now that affects some of you. Some of you it does not. For those of you that it does affect, we've already talked to you about that. But Awana is discontinued, and a choir and orchestra practice will be moved to Wednesday nights. Dwayne is, is consistently working on how to do that on Wednesday nights with choir and orchestra. Um, and again, he's continued to make adjustments, as you've seen already. We've spread out across the stage. We now have brought choir members back to, to the loft, and so uh, we're still working on that. But beginning in August, I really feel like we need a space in our schedule to provide for some of the things that I feel that we need. Some of those things are, are these three things. 
leadership, fellowship, and family. Leadership, fellowship, and family. So on Sunday nights, you'll start to see the calendar reflect those three things at Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. Last Sunday night was one of those first steps. We had a leadership development training here at Lindsay Lane. Um, for all of those who are leaders either in ministry of connect groups or deacons, they were here on Sunday night of last week. Lindsay Lane East, Lindsay Lane North brought their leaders over, and so we had that time of training to get us all on the same page. And so as the mo- in the months to come, you'll see more of those leadership trainings. Uh, you'll see more of, of things geared towards leaders will be listed there at Sunday night so we can have that space to do just that. If we want to raise up leaders in our church, uh, I heard somebody ask about, do you have anybody to send me um, to, to be the student pastor at our church recently. That question was posed. And, and truth be told, there was, there's multiple pastors standing there and none of us really had anybody in mind. And forget that. So going, going on the future, we are going to work hard to answer the question, who is you? We want to develop leaders. I refuse to think that God has, has stopped calling folks to ministry. God is still calling people to ministry. We're going to help with that. We're going to help with that. We're going to help you to determine what is your next step of following God and leadership. And so we want to help. We want to be that place when people need somebody, they'll call us and we'll send them. Amen. All right. We'll get there. We're just getting started. So Sunday evenings will reflect that leadership, fellowship, and family. We'll also use Sunday night space to, to plan some church-wide fellowships. I want to be honest with you. One of the things that I think that Lindsay Lane needs, we just need to hang out with purpose together. We need to fellowship more together. And we need a space to do that on the calendar. And Sunday nights is going to reflect that space. And so we'll do that. You'll see some of those things coming up this month. Where we're all going to hang out and hang out together with a purpose. Sometimes we'll all hang out three campus wide. But not every Sunday will include something as an intentional effort for leadership and fellowship. Sometimes we need time to be with our families. Y'all, when you have time to be with your families on Sunday afternoon, don't plan anything else. Go home, eat dinner together, and watch America's Funniest Home Videos and hang out. When you have that time on Sunday night, you need to take it because it's valuable. So Sunday nights are changing. Also, beginning in August, we'll begin to explore a a systematic approach to discipleship. Lindsay Lane has always made disciples. In fact, it was in our purpose statement, making disciples that worship, grow, and serve. And so it's just, we all, I think our staff would even agree that we believe that ministry and discipleship works best in the context of relationships. That all those things work better when you are consistently together and you're going in the same direction. But we also want to be strategic in how when we receive members here to our church, we want to determine where they are spiritually and existing members the same way. We want to determine where you are spiritually and help you decide what next step to take so that you can own your faith, have a secure foundation, and you are on your way to influencing somebody else. So with that reason being said, uh, Brother Randy's title is going to change from Associate Pastor of Assimilation and Education to Associate Pastor of Discipleship and Assimilation. And he'll be in charge, uh, working together with me, of, of developing a system to move people from the waters of baptism to the influences of leadership. And so he'll be taking on that role starting now, because it is August, isn't it? It is August. Yes, that's right. Uh, Lindsay Lane, again, uh, has always had an intentional effort of making disciples. We're just going to continue with that emphasis in, in a little bit of a, a different way. Now, let's talk about some uh, new faces. New faces. You'll see some uh, pictures on the screen. Some of you know all of these. Some of you may not know any. Uh, We really only have one new face to our staff, and that's Mr. Andrew Owens. Uh, Andrew, if you'll put your picture on the screen, because you're the one that's doing it, okay? Um, But this is is Andrew Owens. If you really want to get a good look at him, you can just look over your shoulder, and he's a guy standing right there in that box right there, all right? But that's uh, that's Andrew Owens. Andrew is our new audiovisual media director. Uh, he's taking over that position for Daniel Hardman, which we'll talk about in just a second. But you may or may not know this, but guys like Andrew with, with uh, his knowledge and guys like Josh Kaufman and Daniel Hardman that have a knowledge of media and technology are super important right now. Amen? And I'd also like to say, as we said in the first service, I think we've got some of the best guys around at that. They do an incredible job. <laughs> Amen. Even... Even as we preach uh, about coming back together, we, we were ahead of the game with live stream before it ever got here, and it's because of, of men like that that are working hard within their responsibilities. And so welcome to Andrew. Andrew takes over for Daniel Hardiman, which brings us, not from, brings us from new faces to new places. These are people that will be serving at Lindsay Lane that have already been here but are just serving in a different position. Daniel Hardiman is our new facilities manager. I think his picture's on the screen there. Many of you know Daniel. They've, uh, Daniel and Amanda have been here for a long time. Uh, Daniel oversees the spaces 
at our church and the team that works to make them clean and functional. Again, as we just bragged on our, our media and tech people, we have a staff that works hard to make sure that this place is clean and functional, ready to welcome you in, and Daniel oversees them. Daniel did a wonderful job as our AV media director, and he cares a lot about the presentation of our and purpose of our church. And so he's already serving in that role, has already made the transition. So that's a, that's a new place for Daniel. Uh, Katie White is another one that will make a transition from one place to another. In August, Katie will make the move from... Uh, the student ministry girls director and ministry ministry assistant Lindsay Lane North to a new role here at the main campus. Uh, beginning this week, uh, Katie White is our new inreach director. She will serve and over, as overseeing uh, ministries that reach in. And by the way, we have a lot of those. A lot of those ministries here that reach into people to, to minister to our church folks. Katie White will provide oversight to that. Katie and Britt have been here a long time. Katie was actually involved in the student ministry before Alan and I even came on staff. Uh, so she's been here a long time. She served at both the North Campus and here. And so we also recognize that that leaves a void in the uh, girls, uh, girls' ministry part of the student ministry. And Josh Shirley and I have met regularly with that. He wants to make sure that, that we fill that void. I know Katie wants to do that as well. And so while she's transitioning out of student ministry, she will still be here providing oversight to those uh, in-reach ministries as our in-reach director. All right? Um, trying to make sure we've covered everything. Y'all doing okay? Because seriously, this hasn't been all that crazy stuff. Probably not even stuff like you thought of, right? Uh, one more, uh, as we talk about uh, the moving from the, the uh, in-reach ministry or in-reach director to being Katie White, this frees up our missions pastor to solely focus on missions and outreach. Uh, our missions pastor, Eric Pugh, and his lovely wife, Susan, have served here at Lindsay Lane since 2006. And, uh, and I'd like to welcome them to the stage real quick. Brother Eric and, Brother, and Miss Susan, if y'all would come to the stage... So as I said, they, they've served, uh, they served here at Lindsay Lane full-time since, since 2006, so a, a long time. Uh, and, and Brother Eric and Miss Susan have made the decision to retire in January. And so as we're talking about the, the roles of the in-reach director and the roles of our missions and outreach pastor, um, that will be changing because he's reached the decision to, uh, to retire in January. And I'm, I'm going to hush in just a second, and I'm going to let him tell you more about that and how they came to that decision. But we did this in the first service, and I want to do it again because it's worth repeating. We love them. Amen? We love them. Uh, Brother Eric, Miss Susan, you guys, I, I think about not only have, have you ministered to, to me and my family, and not only have you ministered to many that fill these pews, but you've ministered to folks in this community that don't even belong or go, go to church here. Uh, we've had play, people call our church to reach to them so that they can minister outside of these walls. And so they've done an incredible job with that for a long time. Uh, we really do love you. And, and I also think that every, at every staff meeting we have, Brother Eric keeps our minds on missions. He, he keeps us focused across cultures to the nations, and, and we need that. Lindsay Lane is strong in missions, and we want to continue to be strong in missions. And so uh, that, that's the part that we prayerfully seek for the next chapter as we think about all you've done here. And so would y'all please again welcome them as they're about to tell you a little bit more about that. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Andrew John, uh, especially for that message. Uh, I need to hear preferences over and priorities every week, don't we? We need to remember that. So thank you for this opportunity to, to thank God and give him the glory for calling us here using Pastor Dusty and Pastor Bradley uh, 14 years ago. And uh, just you, you people have just been awesome. You have just been so fun and uh, meaningful to serve. I just can't thank you enough for that personally. But I want you to know this has been a hard decision because of all that. Uh, this young man here leading our church is, is God's man for such a time as this. He really is. And Pastor Dusty uh, I don't know if you're watching or whatever. You, you'll never know the impact you made on my life personally, on our family, uh, the way you've led and taught us and prepared us. Um, so it's been hard, uh, really. But as we've prayed and, and we, are have, we have a peace, we know that God has got some things for us beginning in January and on that uh, are bigger than we are. They're, uh, they're going to last longer than... We will. Uh, does that sound familiar? Pastor Dusty has, has trained us to, to invest your life in that way. So it's been difficult 
delay this wonderful staff. I love the, the staff family. But we're not going anywhere. We're staying. Uh, we love our Connect group, their family also. So we'll be around. But uh, I just want you to know that as a, as a family, we've prayed about this and talked about God gave us uh, five amazing children and then 11 uh, grandchildren under the age of 11. So we have an opportunity of ministry within our own family that uh, we need the time for. And God's just been using people in my life that I hear their stories. They're broken people. They're, they're outcast people down and out. And when they tell their life story, they just about always bring up a grandparent. They often don't even mention their parents, but they'll say a grandmom or a granddad took me to church or prayed with me or read the Bible to me. So God's been speaking to me through that, that I have this, we have this opportunity, so we want to uh, be good stewards of that time. And when I t- was talking to Brother Andy John about it, I told him that how difficult this was, but that I wanted our church family to know that we're in good hands. We are in good hands with this young leadership team here um he and Brittany, they're so humble but yet bold for the gospel and and i I just that made it harder really to make this decision but we needed to uh so i just want to ask you to pray for us as we do that as we go forward the next five months we want to finish strong we still have our global celebration coming up with our missionaries coming in hopefully we can bring them here and we can give god great glory uh that way but also uh, there's some things that we have opportunities to do outside once this COVID stuff is kind of over we've got some great opportunities to go and uh, you know go on a mission trip and stay a couple of months or something I don't have to rush back and just uh, but thank you for letting us go y'all sent me around the world you sent me to the to the outpost of of uh, Africa and to unreached people groups to take the word of God to them. And Susan was with me on most of those trips. So I just appreciate this opportunity to tell everybody thank you. Thank you for letting uh, me be a servant leader here. And uh, let's uh, finish strong, okay? Let's finish what we started. Thank you, brother. Um. If you've, if you've driven by the church in the last few months, you'll often see Brother Eric sitting outside with someone under a tree uh, that's come into the church for benevolence. They've come in and needing help with one thing or another. And instead of us putting a poster on the, do- on the wall or on the door that says, we can't help you right now, we got the doors locked, come back later. Brother Eric has taken his time with every single one of them and walked outside and met them where they are in the open air. He sits down and he counsels with each one of them. Uh, man, I always think of, think about that when I think about you. I want you to know that. I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful that they're staying and sticking with our church even through this. I, I would say this. Brother Dusty is actually preaching at a local church uh, here this morning. And uh, if you didn't know that, it's because I asked him not to tell anybody so you wouldn't leave and go there and hear him preach. <laughs> Y'all think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I actually told him that. Uh, but uh, but so I know. we, we uh, With that said, I, the reason I bring him up too is because We've not yet had the opportunity as we want to honor uh, Brother Eric and Miss Susan the right way before their retirement. We still have not had that opportunity to do that for Brother Dusty. And, uh, and that's something we want to do. It's not just the right thing to do, but I think we all want to do it. Amen. And so, uh, we look forward to that. Amen. We look forward to that. And, uh, and we'll, t- we'll keep you posted on when we can, uh, and when we're able to do that all together. I'm going to let uh, Brother Eric praise out. Thanks again, Pastor. Also, as we close in prayer, we're going to pray over, dedicate, commission our Carpenters for Christ team. I think we have a slide for that to show they're working up in Cross Key, and uh, we'll do that together. There we go. We're going to frame out that metal building, make two stories in there for education purposes there for uh, Friendship Methodist Church. So we're working with uh, people from Mississippi and First Baptist, Clements. Uh, so let's pray over them. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you for the opportunity to worship you this morning, to gather in the name of Jesus Christ. And we also, Lord, want to uh, ask your blessings over this trip, this uh, project. Uh, Lord, keep them safe, give them productivity, give them a fellowship and a unity as they come together, that they'll know it's from you. 
Lord, we want your kingdom to be advanced. We want more people to, to know you and to, to walk in those walls and, and hear the gospel and be discipled. So we are just honored, Lord, and thankful that we can have a small part of building your kingdom. So we pray for Milton uh, Jackson and all the leaders there as they prepare and do that this week. Father, we want to thank you for what you've brought to our attention today, the need to change, to grow, and to uh, be better equipped, be more prepared for what you've got for us in the near future. We love you, Lord, with all our heart. We love your people, and we love those that don't even know you. So help us, Lord, to keep uh, you and them in our focus, in our hearts, as we worship you with our lives every day. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.